You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Lena McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Lena, what's going on, sir? Not much. I'm still kind of working through uh, the the kind of updated list of Cowboys roster players and since the draft, where mm-hmm. you know the state of the franchise series we're doing, and uh, and we've come to a, an interesting stop to say the least, considering uh, some of the changes that's happened in coaching last year. And then some of the the you know kind of sneaky additions they've made to the wide receiver core this year, right? Uh, so I, this is one of my favorite shows that we do all year long because I love talking about receivers. It's really the the position I like watching the most. Um, and this is a fun group, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, Landon, the first question I have for you is, how do we feel about this wide receiver core heading into 2019 compared to where we are at at the same time last year in 2018? Well, I mean, I think we, we have a better idea of what the baseline is going to be. I th- and obviously, I think we have to feel a lot more confident about the production that we're going to get. I mean, I, last year um, we, we you know, was, a, was an experiment. I mean, I think they, they came out and said that. It clearly did not work for a variety of reasons, but most of which that they couldn't manage to keep a majority of of their offense on the field to try to figure out how to work any any kind of wide receiver by committee situation. Right. So uh, you know whether it was the wide receivers themselves getting injured, or offensive linemen getting injured and preventing the first team from getting out there and kind of working through all this. It, it really it made the idea of you know using a team of wide receivers. Uh, uh, as a replacement for uh, you know a model of uh, having uh, uh, selected targets and then some you know spreading out t- uh, targets here and there, uh, I think it, it was it, it kind of was a bust from the beginning because they didn't even get to do all the things that they really wanted to do um, uh, to kind of prep themselves to to go into, into a, a wide receiver by committee situation. So uh, at the very least, you, you know you come in, you've got a Cooper who. Uh, is your your clear wide receiver one? You're going to want to give him a whole bunch of targets. You're going this year. I think with an off season, it's looking at his skill set and working it with the with the scheme of what you what you have installed. And then you know, obviously, the third aspect of this being Kellen Moore's hands all over this and what what changes that'll include. Uh, I think you're, you're obviously you know that Cooper is going to be the guy getting a bunch of targets. It, it may not look as Familiar because they may be very much in the process of changing that now that they have a, a an off season with Cooper to work with him and, and then kind of you know mold the the playbook right. to him a little bit right. better. But I think just from a, a, a personnel standpoint, you feel better because you know what Cooper is. You know, I think you feel like you know what Gallup is, and that you feel confident that he's a player that's ascending and ready to take another big step. And then I think everything underneath sure. those two. Is a is a whole bunch of solid stuff. I think you, you think you're, you're you're you've got a bunch of different guys who can do different things uh, for you and, and, and you know have sort of different roles. And, and we'll talk about it a little bit. But I, I think it's uh, it's one of the, the really interesting things to look at is 
the additions that they made specifically this offseason to the class and what that means for kind of breaking the mold of the the previous mold of, of, of a Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. Right, where you have a lot of guys to talk about. So let's kind of go right into it. You mentioned Amari Cooper. Let's start there. He completely changed the Cowboys season last year. This offense looked uh, just slow, sluggish without him. He comes in right away in that Tennessee game on Monday night. Uh, provide some juice off the uh, on the outside. Uh, excellent route runner, just fit in perfectly with the Cowboys. Um, I, I just, as you were talking, I was kind of just pulling up his stats for. He played 11 games with the Cowboys, if you include the two postseason games, um, and the numbers were good: 66 receptions, uh, almost 900 yards, and seven touchdowns in 11 games. And yeah, oh yeah, by the way. He didn't have all of training camp to to learn this offense or get down the chemistry with Dak. So, assuming yeah. he plays a 16 game schedule, yeah. you're looking at pretty easily what 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns, probably. I would say so. I mean, that, that's okay. that's kind of where you start the. I think the conversation. Yeah. Right. All right. So, um, just I mean, we talked about Cooper a bunch in this show, but just really quickly. What does he provide that maybe that the other receivers don't? What makes him such a special player? <clears throat> well, I mean, Cooper is. I mean, you start with athleticism. I think he he, run, he, he he's fast. Um, he's big. He's so the, you know when you're big and fast, that's a start. You know, six one, two ten plus. He ran a, a sub four four five forty for a guy that size is is impressive. Um, but that's not what makes him elite. <clears throat> what makes him elite is his uh, agility, his ability to mm-hmm. leverage his agility at a, at his size into impressive route running. He's a he's a craftsman. Uh, he 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 not only has the tools, the good tools to to use to 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 make. The, whatever the make the build the, the route route tree that he's that he's running, but he he also works hard at it clearly and and has a passion for it. So uh, I think y- you could argue, and I think some people would argue, he may be the best route runner in the NFL. I, I would say that he's probably the best. B- big the best, wide receiver yeah. route runner in the NFL, without a doubt. I think he is the he could be the best wide r- route runner in the entire league. What's funny is um, some people will say Antonio Brown or Stephon Diggs or Emmanuel Sanders. And Cooper's got like 20 or 30 pounds on most of those guys, yeah. if not more. Uh, he's just a special, special athlete. It's true. And I think that, you know, in, the, in all, I think when people look at elite, you know, the way that Cooper gets talked about, the upper echelon of you know high top five, top ten pick type wide receiver, most of those guys are freaks. I mean, beyond freaks of nature, right? Like the six four plus. They ran the Julio f- Jones. F- yeah, the Julio yeah. Joneses, the 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 guys like like uh, uh, Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson, and, and guys like yeah. that who you know are are. Uh, are are just absolute phenoms, right? This he's not like that, but but the where he is special is in all the the ways that actually uh, apply to how you want a, a wide receiver to work. Like his footwork, his feet, his agility, his ability to get in and out of breaks. Uh, that's all elite, and that's why this guy is is you know one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. And when you just add into the fact that he's only you know twenty. Five years Four, old, twenty-four. 24. Uh, it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. 
I saw Jeff Cavanaugh talking about this the other day on Twitter, but basically changing what the prototype size is for a receiver. Not too long ago, I'm talking like two or three years ago, the, the prototype was a 6'3", 225 guys that have the, the big rocked up bodies. Basically what DK Metcalf looks like, right? Uh, but it seems like Amari Cooper is the perfect combination of both, right? He's like six foot two, 210 pounds. Uh, so, but, so he has the body to win in contested areas and in the red zone, but he's got the lower body agility and quickness to be able to get in and out of route. So uh, you can talk me into calling Amari Cooper a top five or six receiver in the league. I think he's that special. Sure. I think he was underutilized in Oakland. Uh, I, I'm really, really excited to see what he does um, in the second year, uh, not even the second year, the first full year mm-hmm. with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, let's take a quick break, and we will come back, and we'll talk more about the Cowboys receivers. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you need. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free right now. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast all right later the next guy i want to talk about is second year player michael gallup from colorado colorado state um i'm excited to see what gallup does in year two because i was i was really impressed as a rookie i thought he did okay as a number one receiver for the first couple games of the season but once you kind of slid him into that number two role i started i felt like he really started to thrive um, what are just your general thoughts on Gallup and then him heading into the 2019 season? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that when when we looked at him and the idea was, uh, uh, you know, that he was going to be kind of the leader of the of the rotation, leader of the pack mentality uh, of wide receiver. Uh, I think that that was a role that we were hoping he was going to grow into. And that, you know, he had some skill sets to kind of function in that role. And we felt like he could do some things to kind of manipulate defenses a little bit. But when you get Cooper sliding Gallup into that kind of uh, second role, uh, really, 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 I think is a great fit for him. And I, and I, and I think that the coverage and the looks that he's going to get uh, are going to be a lot. It's going to it's going to actually really um, you know, really make his learning curve a lot less steep, I think, because I think he's, it's just, right. he's going to face a, just a tick less in competition. He's going to not see all the attention thrown his way. Uh, Cooper's going to take all that from him, and it's just going to allow this guy to use his skills. Uh, clearly, he has some ability as a, as a down the field receiver. He, um, he showed 
he showed a lot of that big playability where he needs to really kind of clean up. And again, this is very, very fixable. And I think he will take a big step in the, during this offseason. He needs to be more consistent. He needs to understand to continue yeah. to run his routes, to continue to fight through tough coverage, which is he, he's going to see. Um, and continue to just and, and finish, and I think that's really finishing is the last thing that you you do. I think before you get good at, as a wide receiver, and I, so I think he needs to really, if he can learn to, to fight through some of the contact, to to not get disrupted or you know distracted by what's happening to him uh, in route, uh, and then be where he's supposed to be no matter what when he's supposed to be there. Uh, which again, like you saw it developing with him as the season went on, I, I think Gallup is really ready to take a big step and, and could be a deadly uh, uh, option opposite of Cooper. Now this could be a whole topic in itself, so try to keep it short. But long term, we kind of feel like Gallup is going to be the number two receiver opposite of Amari. Um, is Gallup the right kind of number two receiver? I mean, again, I re- I really like Gallup's game. But if you could pick a guy to pair with Amari, is a player like Gallup the ideal fit, or, or, or are you thinking of something else? I mean, I think the thing that's so great about Gallup is that he, uh, you know, I, I, mean, I guess, I, no, let, me, let me back up. The, the thing that's so great about Cooper is that he's so kind of versatile that you can kind of put him in all a whole bunch of different spots and I feel like he's going to succeed when you can win as a route runner and you have mm-hmm. you know good size and speed uh, you, you can kind of be put anywhere so and I guess what I'm getting at is that the great news with Cooper is that you don't need a specified opposite type of op, you know opposite of him I think Gallup can work around him, but you can work around Gallup as opposed to working around Cooper. Like he, Gallup, you don't I, need a big guy or a yeah, small like, route yeah, runner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with with like someone like Dez specifically, you you wanted more of the kind of fly Z, the guy that was going to get up the field and, and be a mm-hmm. downfield receiver. And I think that's kind of what Gallup is too. Just yeah, FYI. But I, I think you don't necessarily have to have that with Cooper. If you've already got a wide receiver that you like who plays a type of position, you can use Cooper. Cooper's going to have success whether you put him in the slot, whether you put him at X, whether you put him at Z. I I really do believe that. So I think that's really where you're going to have Cooper's going to be the guy that you're moving around anyways to get try to get open. So you, you find a way to get him opposite of Gallup and get Gallup in spots at, at the spots that he's comfortable with. I think Gallup is probably best at Z. I think Gallup can, uh, could probably run the X, especially after an offseason. Um, so I, I don't really worry about whether or not he's the perfect match. I think Gallup is a great player with great skills and that there's not going to be any problem with availing both of these players of their, of their very best. All right, let's move on to the Cowboys slot receiver. Gone is Cole Beasley, RIP. I mean, he's not dead, but he might as well be. He's in Buffalo. It's where receivers go to die. Uh, and in is Randall Cobb, leaving Aaron Rodgers for Dak Prescott. Um, I have mixed feelings about this because I love Cole Beasley a lot, but I've also been a huge fan of Randall Cobb. Uh, different type of slot receivers. I, I think I think Beasley was more of the get open really quick where I think Cobb can be a little bit more of an explosive playmaker after the catch and maybe a little bit more downfield. Uh, what are just some of your expectations for Cobb entering the season? I don't, you know, it's interesting because uh, I think where Cobb gives you um, 
the argument for me on Cobb versus Beasley is that if we're talking about you know which guy is uh, uh, probably the more valuable individual player, like you know on a on a generic build your own Madden team, I, I would say that it's it's definitely Beasley. You know, I mean he has oh, a yep. skill set that he can get open. And it will. I I think that's you know. There's there's things there. There's a reason he got paid some money. You know he deserves it, and I'm I'm glad for him. The, the problem there is that I think that with Cooper in in house and like we just talked about the ability to move him around and the desire to to move him around to get the yep, kind of you know right. to get the matchups you want. When you have a guy like Beasley, who if you're about to pay, like the only way we were keeping Beasley is if we were paying him similar money. And if you're paying him that kind of money, you're going to want him on the field a lot. So almost every day. Yeah, yep. and so what that means is that now that that slot spot is basically uh, occupado, right? I mean, you can't like you. He's not. So teams know where Beasley's lining yeah, up and, on and every you, single play, and you really can't. Like move him around, he doesn't really have success despite what they try to do on the outside. Blah blah blah. You've lost that opportunity to uh, get the most out of Cooper by moving him around to, to get the mismatches you want. And, and now you've you kind of pigeonholed yourself to having to put uh, uh, Beasley and the slot, and then really just Cooper being either the X or the Z. I think you know unless you wanted to go like four wide, but which you know is also an option. I think one of the things that Cobb provides for you is that he, yeah, like I said, he isn't that. That same uh, elite uh, get open right away guy, but I think what he can provide you is a little bit more after the catch than Beasley gives you. I think he can um, also be a more versatile piece as that third wide receiver, a guy that can he can play outside and he can run routes as the Z if you need him to, uh, and and that gives you the option to deploy. Uh, a, a lineup of Cooper, Gallup, and, and Cobb, and not necessarily know where everyone's lining up on the field until they go out there and line up, and then you know, then you gotta uh, adjust accordingly. But I think if the idea is again, I, we've hope on this every year. I'm hoping that now that uh, 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 Moore is in charge, that we are going to go to a more of. Uh, you know, kill them with formation type of, mm-hmm. of offense where we deploy these guys. They don't really know how to defend us, and then we make the decisions on on how to pull in the play based on how they uh, decide to defend us. Which is uh, you know kind of in the DNA of Kellen Moore's college days, uh, to, you know, with Chris Peterson. So hopefully that's where we go to. But if you go that route, you want players that are good at a variety of things so that you can deploy them on the field. And the defense doesn't know what's happening to them up until the, the snap counts. The snap happens, and, and you know, like I think a guy like Randall Cobb, though, like I said, maybe without that individual trait that Beasley has that makes him special, the thing he does have is versatility, and that is going to be, I think, every bit as valuable to this offense as having a solid uh, slot player who you know exactly where he's lining up every single play. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with. With Cobb, uh, you mentioned lining Cobb up the outside. We've even seen in Green Bay they yeah. line him up in the backfield and they'll give him carries, they'll give him swing passes. So it just gives you another one of those type of weapons. It's interesting to me that the Cowboys will have kind of three of those guys now between 
Tavon, who we'll get to in a second, Randall Cobb, and Tony Pollard. Well, the, kind of makes more me think that. that. I mean, you know, look, Devin Smith could be that guy. We haven't got to any of those guys. John Vea John- Johnson. There's no reason he couldn't do that. Like, the, well, I mean, just look, real quick, just as a sub conversation, look at the kind of wide receivers they added this offseason. John Vea Johnson, Devin Smith, Jalen Guyton, Randall Cobb, and and technically they added Tavon Austin because his his contract expired and they re-signed oh, yeah, and Tony him. Pollard. Yeah, and then Tony Pollard. All these guys are. Low four four, high four three types, right? Like, I mean, can, can, maybe not Cobb anymore, but I think Cobb is is a kind of extension of this. And all of these guys, like the tallest one of these guys is six one, you know. So right. they have broken and moved mo- moved away from the mold of the Cowboys wide receiver almost completely now. And so right. I, I think that what what they learned from. One of the things that they, I, I hope they've learned last year is it, the Tavon Austin's like role that 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 role whatever you want to call that like that can't, you can't half-ass that you know like if you're gonna get if you're gonna have that role in your offense you need to have a backup at the role if the guy gets hurt you need to have a, a plan you can't put a corner you can't just abandon can't put- it yeah exactly you can't just abandon it because the guy who you hired to do that role the you know often injured guy that you've hired to do that role it gets injured and you, and then sure. suddenly you just don't do it anymore I think the problem was is that Scott Linehan was way too ready to quit on that. Uh, because he didn't like it, and so uh, when Tavon Austin quit, it gave him an excuse to not do any of that stuff anymore because they didn't have the, the players. Now that that's not an excuse anymore, they have a couple different guys I think that could function in this role. I agree. Um, all right, moving on to Alan Hearns. Um, just give me thirty seconds, Landon, so I can rant about Alan Hearns. Are, are you ready? Yes, do it. Okay. Um, I did not like the Alan Hearns signing last year when the Cowboys tried to convince us that. At first, that Alan Hearns was going to play with Des Bryant, I thought that didn't make sense because these are two guys who do most of the work within, what, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Um, I hated it when they cut Des Bryant and then they made Alan Hearns the de facto number one receiver to the start of the season. Uh, did not like that at all. Um, however, when you get a, a guy like an Amari Cooper in here and you sign a guy like Randall Cobb, and now that Michael Gallup has developed into your number two receiver, Hearns makes so much more sense as a number four receiver, and I love that fit there. This is all about, and this is across the NFL, situation is important and where you're on the depth chart because I look at the roster now, and Alan Hearns can be the primary backup for all three of those guys. And I think he makes sense as that four because he's an excellent route runner. He has the ability to make plays in the middle of the field. Um, He's a great character guy in the locker room. Uh, doesn't have great height or or great size or speed, but knows where he's going to be. We saw him make some big plays in you know the playoffs last year or in uh, some big games like the Philadelphia game, catching the touchdown. Um, I love Alan Hearns at, as a fourth receiver. Don't really love his contract, but at this point in the season, it's kind of a moot point anyways because you're not going to find a player that you want to pay four or five million dollars anyways. So again, as you're down the line receiver and you're number four, I love it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, now we're at a point where he has kind of a unique uh, body type. I mean, this is also a guy who can function when he got hired originally and, and we were trying to figure out if he could have a role with Dez. One of the things I was talking about early on is how many uh, snaps this guy took in the slot in, 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 in Jacksonville. So, uh, I, you know, this is also a guy that you could rotate in to get some sn- slot uh, snaps just based on what you think the uh, – 
you know the defensive response will be like who they would actually put out to uh, deploy against him this is again that what they're built themselves now is a true basketball team. They, they've got guys of a whole bunch of different types of sizes and and, and, and shapes, and, and they have multiples of them. It's not just a, a, a one-off flyer on Tavon Austin. They've got a couple of these guys. So um, I, I think what you're seeing now is you're going to see a healthy competition between these guys. Uh, and and Hearns is going to be a guy if he can come back healthy, he's going to have a, a unique kind of role because he's sort of a veteran uh, of this group. Uh, he's got, like you said, a great uh, locker room attitude, uh, you know, good coachable guy. Uh, and I think he has a different kind of skill set than a lot of these other guys that actually could provide useful, especially if again he can prove himself to be versatile. Mm-hmm. All right, so we only have a few minutes left, but we've got seven more guys to touch on. <laughs> so let's just let's just kind of run through these kind of quickly, about thirty seconds each. Uh, Noah Brown, is it wrong to assume that maybe he and Alan Hearns are competing for one roster spot? No, I don't. I mean, I think, and maybe even him and Cedric Wilson as well is a guy that we you know we, we mm-hmm. kind of have to throw in there as well. I mean, all all three seem to be kind of bigger body types. We've we've heard that Wilson has really developed in the weight room and is, looks huge. So uh, I think yeah, that it's likely that all three of these guys are kind of vying for that move blocker, big body, inside outside. Uh, you know, wide receiver type uh, that you know, at the bottom of the roster. Yeah, it's time for Noah Brown to show that he he's ready to be more than just a blocker. I think he has it in him. I like his talent. I do too. Uh, yeah, but this is this this is the year he needs to have a big training camp and a big preseason. And I think if it's close, I think ideally the Cowboys would like to keep Noah Brown over Alan Hearns because it does save him the money. They'll go with a little bit younger player. So a big camp for Noah Brown coming. I up. wonder if you mentioned real quick. I ahead. wonder if they don't. And this is the last thing. I wonder if they don't consider maybe. Fully leaning into that move wide receiver tight end yeah. hybrid position, keep a one no, less Vince tight end and role. actually keep Brown, an extra you know, big wide receiver. Yeah, I would much rather have Noah Brown on the team than like a Rico Gathers. I don't even think that's really close for me. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to a player you just mentioned, Cedric Wilson, uh, a fifth round pick for the or six, maybe a sixth round pick. Now I don't remember by the Cowboys last year. Uh, he's probably the receiver on the team that has the the ability, the best ability to go down the field to make plays. Not overly fast, but certainly fast enough for that role. Uh, what are you expecting from Wilson in 2019? Uh, you know, I think that it's tough to know. I mean, this is really the, the biggest unknown because we haven't seen him in a year, and and we've heard stuff that, and I, you know, we heard, first of all, you know that this guy is just a hard worker and a guy that is a gym rat. So it's not hard to believe that to know that this guy was in the gym all this whole time and and getting huge. Um, I, I'm interested to see what what he's what the results are. You know, I mean, because I think that body type could definitely be valuable, and he has. An innate ability to get down the field and get uh, get you know get behind defenses, despite not having mm-hmm. elite, I would say, speed specifically. So if he can develop uh, into one of those big body down the field jump ball catchers, uh, that that would kind of be watch out, uh, yeah, sort of a unique trait, I think, at, at down that down there. So especially if at his size. So uh, one player that may be competing for him with him for that role is former Ohio State receiver Devin Smith. Now, this is a guy that does have elite speed. He, he has proven that he can be a playmaker in the NFL. His biggest problem is health. He has never been able to stay healthy. The Cowboys decided to sign him to a futures contract uh, back in January. Um, just 
Quick thoughts on Devin Smith entering the season. Well, you know, he's April marks, I think, two years since he's had his last ACL injury. And he's had two ACL inj- uh, surgeries on the same knee, his right knee. You know, this is a kid who has incredible ability to get down the field. And he's, you beyond that, too, besides. Despite not being huge, he, he's good at going up and getting the football too, uh, and, and he's a good, you know, he's a decent enough route runner. At least he was in college, and I, I think he struggled at the Jets. But you know, a lot of Most people struggled too. at the Jets. You know, sure. And he also came into the league, beh- you know, behind the eight ball as far as a death chart. I think they still had Brandon Marshall and uh, who was that other Eric Decker? Yeah, Decker, and yeah. So like, uh, the, like, Will McClay is obviously the best at this at finding these guys that. Someone loved at one point and then saying maybe this guy has a chance. So Devin Smith didn't play at all in 2018, took a whole year off. Like I said, now two years removed from an April 2017 uh, uh, ACL surgery. So, uh, you know, this it's someone to keep an eye on. I mean, he this guy has some credentials and, and some cred. So let's see. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, if he's 100% healthy, I have no doubt that he's one of the top four or five receivers on this roster because he is that talented. I mean, he was a second-round pick for a reason. And when he got drafted, I don't think anybody was disputing his talent or anything with that. It was just his, his ability to stay healthy. So just an interesting guy to watch during training camp. It's a high uh, second-round pick, about, too. He's like 37th yeah, overall high or something round, like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Tavon Austin. Uh, as we went back and we did some of our you know game reviews from early in the season, Tavon was a guy who made plays, uh, whether it's in the run game, on special teams, as a receiver. Uh, in the Giants game, he caught the long touchdown to kind of kick off the game. I'm still a fan of Tavon Austin. I know the Cowboys are. They know they they love his uh, his leadership in the locker room. Uh, d- is there a spot left on this roster for Tavon this year? They just there certainly could be. I mean, I mean, I think that you know if you see. What works out there, if he can do a little bit more outside as a wide receiver, I, I, I certainly think so. I mean, that was the surprising thing is despite everyone's hand-wringing and s- suggesting that this was a terrible trade and all that, I mean, if you go and actually watch snap-by-snap, snap, Tavon Austin was incredibly efficient for this offense. And Absolutely, when he, he really when was. When he caught the ball, I mean, he caught the ball down the field. I mean, not, you know, not as a deep threat down the field receiver all the time, but all that and on top of that, he was going out for 10-yard stop routes, catching the ball. I mean, you know, he was doing things that wide receivers do, not just gadgets players. And then he got hurt, of course. So, uh, you know, I think... But then he came back and he made plays. That's yeah, the, that's exactly. The thing is, you saw him even at, man... Fifty percent, he was able to make plays for this team. Yeah, and and and, and you know, there's absolutely zero denying his ability as a punt returner. Um, so yeah, I think that yeah, he has a role on this team. Um, the que- the question is, is you know, is his role going to get taken by a younger player that can do all that he Possible. can? Plus, that's really the question. I, I I want Tavon Austin on my team if they can figure out a way to keep get him on there and keep him healthy. But I, I just don't know if the allure of playing a younger guy who might be a little bit more sturdy uh, might be too much. Possible. One last veteran to talk about, Lance Lenore. Um, you know, he last year made the team basically because of his special teams ability. Um, hasn't been one of my favorite players to watch. I just think that you can get somebody with a little bit more upside. But he's still around. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he hangs around the practice squad. If he has another year of eligibility left, uh, any thoughts on Lance Lenore? It's pretty terrible that you know he's known for his special teams ability, which he is. Like, let's be clear, he's he's great as a gunner, and he's he can it's do a lot of stuff. Unfortunate what's happened to him. Yeah, man. but but unfortunately, you know, he 
is known for dropping punts. So th- when people say that, like layman's or layman cowboy fans are like, "What are you talking about? This guy's terrible specialties." So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. I think you know he's he's Dak's pet cat. I think he uh, has some special teams uh, stuff. I think the coaches like him a lot, but I don't know. He's a good guy to have at practice. Yeah, exactly. He knows what he's going to be. Doing. I don't know that that's going to be anything more than that. All right, really quickly before we have to, to go, two undrafted free agents, and we talked about these guys mm-hmm. more at depth in a couple of shows previously. Uh, but John V. Johnson, Jalen Guyton, both highly athletic, uh, but probably both need a year or two of seasoning. Um, just kind of your thoughts on Johnson and Guyton maybe entering training camp. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Guyton is a uh, guy who had some issues going on in college whether off field or what whatever happened at Notre Dame and it kind of derailed his career and it derailed his development but this is a guy who uh you know it's not it's not hard you don't have to squint your eyes to see an NFL receiver with this guy like I think he he needs a lot of technique work because he basically didn't get very much in college so he's very very underdeveloped uh, so it's almost like you're getting an extremely raw high school wide receiver, <laughs> but I th- it really is. Uh, but I think example, uh, yeah. I think he has all the. I mean, he does everything that wide receiver should do very naturally. So I think it won't be very difficult to develop this guy. And with his uh, physical skill set, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if by next year he's playing in sort of a you know special teams bottom of the roster wide receiver situation and I would also not be surprised if this dude's light completely came on this training camp and he completely took the team by storm and was able to find a roster spot and developed that quickly so we'll see John V. Johnson similar speed guy I think he has some value as a, as a kick returner as well um, he uh, not quite the size as Jalen Guyton with that speed but similar athleticism speed uh, easy movement um Catches the ball uh, away from his body at times, which is good. Uh, I, I like him. Uh, he seems kind of um, in a, a mold of uh, like uh, he's on the track of, of Golden Tate. He's that kind of player, I would say. That's a great comment. Not, yeah. not, not necessarily uh, that talented, but I, I would say he's on that track. So Johnson and Guyton are going to play a ton in the preseason. So uh, that first preseason game, expect to see those guys out there a lot. They might be competing for a spot on the practice squad. Uh, but I'm going to be interested because these are guys that, you know, you, if, if they start making plays, you know, throughout training camp and the preseason, they start to gain a little bit mo- of momentum. Wouldn't be shocked to see them on the roster at some point during the season. So keep an eye on those two uh, UDFAs. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Lane and at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.